I'm John Wilson. Welcome to Owned and Operated. Twice a week, we talk about home service businesses. And if you're a home service entrepreneur, then this is going to be the show for you. We talk about our own business in residential plumbing, HVAC, and electric. And we also talk about business models that we just find interesting. Let's get into it. If you're a home service entrepreneur that's just starting out, or is early on in the journey and you haven't broken the $5 million revenue mark, we've got an event for you. This spring in Cleveland, March 19th to the 21st, we're hosting an event at my office. It's going to be awesome. Honestly, some of the most impactful visits of my career have been visits to companies that were larger than we were, that we could take lessons from and see how they're doing stuff. Like get a behind the scenes look. How are they structuring warehouse? How are they thinking about call center? Can I talk to their managers? Can I understand what their KPIs are? We're going to dive into all that stuff. We are here to help people get above $5 million in revenue. So join us in Akron, Ohio, March 19th to the 21st for a breaking $5 million event. Love to see you there. Details are at ownedandoperated.com. This is part two of our conversation with Johnny Robinson. Johnny came on a couple years ago to the show. We saw that he had done a ton in the last few years. He sold the business he originally talked to us about. He launched another business. And now he's in a information style business, which I find just absolutely fascinating as a customer of a few of these for our business. So this is a great episode and I'm super pumped for Johnny's journey. All right. So now launch the business, launch the second one, and now you're running like a program style business which I think I've said this before. I talked about this a little bit with Aaron Harper when we had him on. I basically think that like franchises and I would consider something similar to what you're doing is like close to that like business in a box type thing and running a fund are like the best versions of Twitter. Like that's like seemingly the highest and best use out of Twitter is like those two things. Like how can I make you more money? And then how can I make you more money? Twitter. Yeah, it's a great business, man. I will say it is not all it's cracked up to be because you get the start off Twitter and you don't pay anything in ads, right? But if you want to, like we're trying to scale this business, which I don't think a lot of people actually do because most of these companies are so attached to the owner as like the source of the information. The way it's built now is I'm not involved in any day-to-day -day fulfillment at all other than we now have a something called Accelerator where once you come in and you make your first 10K, 20K in a month, we'll say, hey, can I tell you about Accelerator? And it's the way to extend the LTV on our customers because we sell one-time packages. And so we were running into, as we were growing, we were like, oh, shoot. Going back to what we were talking about with Jack was asking about ad costs. Same thing. Everybody's advertising on Meta. their how to get rich program. We're paying two, three, sometimes up to four grand in just CPA, just our marketing costs before we pay the commissions out. And so we're like, oh, my God. This is a terrible business. Luckily, we have a really good product. So we were able to come out with the accelerator and um, extend the LTV on our customers. But that was a huge punch in the mouth. And in 2023 was like, you start going to the gym, you get your newbie gains. That's what it felt like. We got our newbie gains in 2022 and then 2023, which is like just getting punched in the face with like rising ad costs. We brought on financing partners and then they started. I don't know if you guys ever worked with financing. There's recourse and non-recourse loans. I didn't know to ask that. And we're financing, there's one with we're financing everyone through. Like if you look at our chart of months, like May is just inflated. It's like, oh my God, you had a good month. Well, it's because we were financing everybody 
that shouldn't have been financed. Then they recourse and they're it's just like every week, 9K taken out, 10K oh my taken gosh. out. You know what I mean? So it's not all it's cracked up to be, but. I, how many people are in the program now? So we started over 1,500 house cleaning businesses. That's insane. That's crazy. That is absolutely nuts. It's a one-time thing, you said. Yeah, one-time investment for 16 weeks. And then if you, ideally, you're getting results. Uh, we do our best. And then once you get to about week 12-ish, depending on where you're at, we'll say, hey, have you heard about Accelerator? No, what's Accelerator? Or yeah, I saw it in the group, whatever. And then we'll hop on a call, tell them about Accelerator. And then in Accelerator, that's where we're getting like the people who are pushing like 70K a month, 60K a month. We have a lot of, a lot of people crushing it. We're going to have our first few million dollar cleaning businesses this year that have come through HSA, which is really cool. Yeah, that's incredible. We have about 45 that we work with on the back end in Accelerator, 45 cleaning companies. Okay. Yeah, I think in a different life, maybe in like a future life. I think that's what I like about franchising or like business in a box or like the launch, the accelerated thing that you're doing is I think it would be fun. Obviously, there's difficulty and I'm really curious to like hear more about that. But I think it'd be fun to be able to like just genuinely root for people to win and that be like your whole thing is just, yeah, dude, like, I don't know, like I want you to kill it. And then you can make an impact. Like you made an impact, like 1500 cleaning companies started that's a lot of lives changed. I don't even know how many, but probably tens of thousands. That's awesome. Yeah. We did like a little HSA wrap thing, Home Service Academy wrapped, and our students generated over $10 million in sales last year. Yeah. And not all those 1,500 cleaning businesses. I want to be clear. Like some people don't end up sticking with it. Some people yeah. don't even hire their first cleaner. We think that we've done as much as we could to make the process as simple as possible to get results. Yeah. But it's just like any other classroom, like a college mm -hmm. class, you're going to have the bell curve. Some people get extremely outsized results. Most people do about 5K a month. And then there's the people who never even start. Yeah. You mentioned, I was like thinking through this question and then I was like, oh, you already mentioned this. Like, I would imagine you basically have the perfect platform to launch a franchise off of what you're doing. I don't know if it's going to be franchises or corporate owned, but you're about to launch a bunch of stores. How does that look? Yeah, I actually think we want a big exit. So Sergio and I are thinking very big. We're not coming from the approach of like, hey, this is like a cool business to fund our lifestyles. We think we can actually exit for at least 100 million, not because of the coaching. I don't think we're going to exit that with just the coaching, but we can spin off a lot of things. So one thing we plan on launching is uh, a cleaning chain. And we don't know, we because we're going back and forth right now. We have the LLC and everything filed and the logo and the branding all done for it. It's just haven't decided if we want to franchise or if we want to just do corporate owned. And there's the pros and cons of both. And we've talked to different people on Twitter for it. But not only that, with the distribution we've built of all these cleaning companies we're creating and have created, because we create 60 to 80 new ones every single month, we're just sending them to our software partners. The big one is Booking Koala. When you sign up, Booking Koala is like the go-to. We can just have our own. Problem is we're a coaching business still. We're not a software company. And I know it's going to be a pain in the ass. So I want to hold off on that for a bit. But we do think that's a really great way. The software plays a really great way to juice up the enterprise value of this business because we have the distribution built already. And yeah. that's excluding all of building a sales team and a marketing process around the software. In our industry, that is like a well-established model, like what you're describing. And we're on our second one now. And I'm actually kind of surprised the issue that you're having with LTV, maybe because it's like cohort style, but the way it works in my industry is it's like best practices group, which is what you've already done. It's just, it's meant to be ongoing forever. 
And then they augment that with like continued stuff added to it, continued best practices. There's peer groups on like all the stuff that I think you're already doing. But then businesses like me pay 30 to 40 grand a year to be a part of it basically forever. And then what they do is they become rebate farms or launch their own products and services. So I'll spend a hundred grand this year in total through our best practices group. And that's going to be like coaching that's sending people out of state to training to like the big ones in the group um, that's having, we just had an onsite, which like we brought in coaches, we flew them in, they spent a week with us and that cost like 20 grand, but like it was hugely beneficial for my team. So like easy 20 grand spent. And then they create relationships, what you currently have, but then they get heavy rebates and kickbacks from the vendors. And then they also launch their own products too. I'm saying all that because these businesses trade like franchises. It's basically royalties. It's not like a percentage of my revenue, but it's continued very low churn rate annual subscriptions. And they each have like a thousand people, a thousand companies paying a hundred grand a year. That's super similar to what Accelerator is. It just, it took us a while for it to click and actually know how to structure it. And that's exactly what we did to solve the LTV problem was roll out the Accelerator and start. And Accelerator is um, like forever. It's a year. So it's a year paid in full or you can finance it. And then yeah. we actually have had every person who's come up on their year now or close to their year, either verbal or re-sign up for another year. And it's like a mastermind type thing. Everybody's in channels. We're doing events this year. So that's the plan. And then we're also now doing building a whole outbound sales team to sell accelerator to established cleaning companies, which we've never done. It's always been starting people from scratch. Yeah. And so between the B2B, <laughs> not really B2B, yeah, yeah. Um, the software and the cleaning chain, I really think we can grow this into a really nice sized business in the next three. Like you years. definitely can. Yeah. Like SGI or certain path was the first one that we were a part of and they traded for like 95 million back in 2019. And that was with 950 members each paying a total of 30 grand a year or 25 grand a year on average. I, I don't remember. But like you for sure can. Well-established business. That Yeah, that's pumped. And you're so far into it. Like I feel like you got over the hard part of like you hired coaches. Sounds like who else is on the team? We have a sales manager. We've got four AEs closers. We have six appointment setters, SDRs, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. And then on the coaching side, we have uh, our coach that just works with the accelerator students. Then we have three coaches for the normal students and then a kind of director of customer success above all of them. And then we also have our content team, which is two editors, content director. And we also have like an accounts receivable lady out in Virginia. I think that's it. Yeah. This is baller as hell. Like, oh, I, I'm so fascinated. that is so neat. Like, I love this. So you started it when? 2021, 2022? January 2022 was our first kind of test. And then we turned okay. everything on in the ads and really started to grow and sell more people in April of 2022. Okay. If you like what we talk about on our social media, on Twitter, on this podcast, then you should be signed up for our newsletter. Go to ownedandoperated.com where every Friday we break down our business, we break down insights, things we're learning, things we're working on, and it's good stuff. Check it out, ownedandoperated.com. Can you walk me through the bell curve of staffing? Like who were the first couple hires? When did you bring on the SDRs and the sales manager? Like this is a really interesting org chart. Yeah, definitely. So I started off closing all the deals and Sergio was like product, customer success. I'm just going to make sure we're getting results. That's how it was structured. And almost immediately 
I didn't like doing the full cycle of having to set the deals, confirm the appointments, then hop on the call to close them, then nurture them through the pipeline to close if they didn't close on the call. So I immediately hired an appointment setter to set my deals because it's all inbound, no outbound. Everybody's consuming my content or consumed an ad. And so this dude was just setting them and we were kind of in the trenches together, just building out the sales process and how we wanted the calls to go and the set process to go. And then he eventually moved to closer and we brought in a media buyer who his official title is CMO. He's actually our third partner. His name's Gino. And he was big. He had an advertising agency that he ended up shutting down during COVID where he was just generating leads for home service businesses for alarm security installation businesses. And so the guy's really good at media buying. So like, hey, come in, let's launch ads. Let's grow this thing. We brought in a videographer to uh, film content so we can just get off Twitter and go on because we saw the power of what Twitter did. So like, okay, let's go into YouTube go into TikTok, let's go into Instagram and just start pumping organic to like lower down the cost of how much we're spending on ads. Which has been the best so far. I was far. just going to ask, yeah, which platform? For content? Yeah. Long form YouTube organic by far. Yeah. The people that watch the long form YouTube, it's amazing. It's on par with Twitter. It's between that and Twitter. Twitter is still amazing. But we hired that first sales guy. He ended up moving to closer, brought in another appointment setter, just started to repeat that process of one closer for every appointment setter up until I was just full-time management, probably around September, September, October-ish of 2022, and then ran the team day-to-day managing until March of 23 when I launched a search for a sales manager. I found this baller out in Utah who... The guy sold vacuums door to door for $3,500. This guy had a 60% close rate. He would set up a demonstration of this vacuum air purifier combination. This dude's a baller. Like, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. So Utah. If you can close that, dude, you can close any, you can sell anything, man. Like, I'm so convicted in that as soon as he told me that. And he's like, and I trained, I've trained over 60 sales reps to do the same thing. I was like, dude, come in here right now. He's still here. He's been running the team. And then in the kind of coaching info industry, there's a big company in the space that would put on events. And their director of customer success, I met him at an event and we were having that LTV problem I talked about. And I was like, we need to solve this problem. Like We can't figure it out. And it just so happened they tried to demote him or whatever. And he called me and told me because they built a relationship with this guy. Immediately, I was like, dude, you need to come to HSA. You need to build our back end. You need to build this all out exactly like what you did. And he's like, all right, done. Signed him on. So he kind of revamped the whole coaching team to be more of an account management team where they're not just focused on coaching and fulfilling. They're still coaching and fulfilling, don't get me wrong, but now they're also sales reps for Accelerator. You know what I mean? And then we also hired a content director somewhere in that timeline and to build out from uh, the content and, and media department from the top down. So now we're posting 90 pieces of video across all platforms a month right now, and we're trying to continue to scale that because the return on that is, is amazing. Yeah. So what is the average ticket per person or business or whatever for that first slug, not the accelerator? We've fluctuated price points. We started at 4,200. We got up, we were closing that like 40 something percent. Then we price increased to 6,800. And then we saw a dip in sales coming into the new year because we did that price increase in August of 2022 going into September and then kept that all the way to the new year. We saw a closing drop off. So I was like, let's redo this. Let's redo how we're selling this. And got that back up to about 40 or some so percent and then just did a recent price increase to a little bit more than that. But it's been really cool because I think we've got a really great sales team because if we saw the dip, then we got them back up to about 40 percent. But the most recent price was 7K. It's a little bit more than that now. I don't want to reveal all the cards for my sales team. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to ask what I think is an obvious question. And I'm sure you have an answer. I'm just like, 
why not make it a never-ending monthly subscription or weekly subscription or something like that? Like, why the accelerator slugs? Okay, so are you asking why is it one upfront on the first or just why is it yeah. one go on the accelerator? Yeah. So what we found is we did a year. And what we found with a year was that there was no urgency. And as soon as we cut that down to a 16-week program, and we caught access after 16 weeks. Like, you don't get the coaching. You just, you can have the education material and that's it after 16 weeks, unless you want to re-up for Accelerator. And what we found is we were just driving way more results because people were like, hey, I spent a lot of money to, to be here. I need to take action. Whereas you have a year, you're like, maybe I'll do it. Maybe I won't. I'll get to it later. And it also helps with staffing on the fulfillment side because we know when students are being offboarded and that AM can actually take more clients. Because they can only take 60 to 80 people. Like realistically, 60 people is who you can healthily coach at one time and still provide good support for people. Because you don't want to have them at like 100, 120 clients. Everybody's just going to get crappy support. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm thinking to like the programs that we're a part of, which are just never ending. But like yours is a launch from zero. So I can get why that's like, let's be urgent. Ours are like a two to three year implementation time. So that's probably a part of it. Like it just takes forever to drive that much change through a hundred whatever people. I, I don't even know what the average company size is. I think average company size is 15 to 20 million in the group that yeah. I'm currently in. So that's a good point actually, because like you were committed to your business. You're investing in this because you want to grow yeah. it. You've already done the work. We're selling people on an opportunity where it's like, hey, this is like a good business for you to start if you want to start a business. And yeah. so you'll get some people who come in who are like, hey, I want to do this business. Then you get kind of get slapped in the face, entrepreneurship of, oh, mm -hmm. crap. Like, yeah, this is simple, but it was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. And so you don't have that same level of commitment dealing with somebody who's just jumping into entrepreneurship versus somebody who's willing to put up with it two, three year implementation. Yeah. What's your completion rate? Like, what does that look like on people who start the program through finishing it? Yeah. So we have about... Six. Let me actually check. Let me pull a post while we track all this. Yeah, I'm, I'm asking because I remember reading something a while back that was saying that informational products, they have a dismal, like a 6% completion rate on most of them. And then I think it was my first million podcast launched something and they saw something equally as bad. Okay, we have a customer journey and we have a success percentages for every student that comes in. And so right now, the big things we track are you've hired cleaners by week three. You've had your first sale by week four and you're at 5K a month in revenue at some point throughout the program. And so what we see here is at 163, we have 61.4% who have hired a provider by week three. First sale by week four is at 42%. And then we have out of 157, 55 of those are at 5K a month of revenue. So 33%, give or take. That's pretty damn good. We're trying to get it to 50. I know a lot of people in the space that have these business opportunity businesses, and I can tell you most of them are scamming. So I'm pretty proud of those numbers. Our average date of first sale is about 42.8 days. Yeah. I mean, that feels good to me. Okay. I get the charging method. I think I get the opportunity. I don't know that you gave an answer on like franchise versus corporate owned. I know you said you like talked to a few different people. Which way do you think you're leaning? Yeah, I think. We kind of want to do like a hybrid, not really franchise, because it seems like it's a pain in the ass. It's the enterprise value. Yeah. Bro, the mm -hmm. enterprise value. Like that Bingo. franchising is an enterprise value play. Like you want to get a hundred times something, get royalties. Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. You see it in both though. If you look at chains like Starbucks, In-N-Out, 
yeah. non-franchises. Like they're also been announced billion dollar corporation only in seven states. Yeah. But we're thinking of like a franchise like concept where you come in as an operator instead of a true franchisee and you're just paid as like, hey, this I'm going to run a few locations and pick our best students and accelerator to do that. But nothing's set in stone. We haven't really decided. And so I can't give you an answer on what we're deciding because I, I just I have no idea yeah. yet. Both seem enticing, both have the pros and cons. And that's what me and Sergio talk about is like, but the enterprise value for franchising is ridiculous. It's yeah, enterprise value and then like not having to directly manage 10,000 cleaners or something like that. I think that would be challenging. But that said, I do know someone that kind of launched what you just described. And this was a couple of years ago, but they had a pet safety brand and like dog collars to keep dogs in your yard. And what they did was they launched 50 locations over the course of like 36 months. And they were all like probably cleaning style locations, like kind of small. Like when I think of a cleaning company and maybe I'm totally off base here, but I think of like sub five people, maybe eight tops. Is that normal or like, what do you think? Yeah, that's about on, on par. Okay. So like each of these locations was exactly that. So what would happen is it would come into these, like five of the stores were corporate owned and they still owned a portion of the other 50. So it wasn't quite franchise. It's just that they owned like 40% and the operator owned 60. So these people would come in through their training program. They would become ops managers or service managers or whatever, the big corporate stores, which were like $2 million, maybe a million and a half, you know, things. And then they would get an opportunity to gain ownership. So they would like earn this ownership opportunity in these different things like, okay, so now I'm going to launch a branch in Columbus, Ohio. Like, do you want this opportunity for ownership? And then by that point, they already knew everything that you wanted them to know because they'd worked with you for like nine to 12 months and they had proven themselves. So that is a model and it's a combination of both because you get to charge some royalties on top of that. Yeah, that's an interesting business, by the way. But also too, there's one in... um they're launching lots of locations. They're really blown up. It's called Enchanted Fairies. Have you guys heard of Enchanted Fairies? No. Nope. So all they do is exactly <laughs> the model you just described, John, just with photography studios, and they only make children's books. So they'll take pictures of your kid, and they'll turn it into their own story. And it's like 2000 or $3,000. Oh, for somebody year. just gave me this. Like somebody gave me the books for my kids. They were hilarious. Really? I'm pretty sure. I mean, it was like very like custom. Here's the kid, and I got one for my dog for Christmas from my, one of my siblings. Yeah, I think they're in like the mid to eight, like mid eight figure revenue range, blowing up, they're only like three or four years old, same model. We heard that and we're like, okay, this is kind of really similar. We're just selling cleaning instead of photography. So it's just, we're, we're scheming. I like that. Scheming. Scheming. There's a guy on Twitter and his name is Adam. I want to say Adam Wasserstein, but that doesn't feel right. But he's a franchise attorney. And I talked to him a couple of years ago because we were deciding what to do with our intellectual property. And his basic thing was, if you are going to launch multiple brands or like the same brand or, or in multiple locations and you're going to run the same IP through it, you should franchise it regardless. Even if you don't pay yourself royalties, like even if it's 100% corporate owned, you just go through the process of franchising it. That way, when you do go to exit, you can still exit as a franchise and you get to be like communal revenue. And it solves some of the intellectual property issues that you will end up having later on. Because like the issue that we had when we were in multi-location is like we had all these management fees going back and forth to like, hey, I want to use shared services and I want to use the marketing team over here and I want to 
like I got to pay you to borrow your IP. That's what a royalty is. Like we're overcomplicating your royalty. And I couldn't get my brain around that because it was a royalty to myself. But even if it's 1% or whatever. So he encouraged us to go through that process. We didn't end up doing it. We went in a different direction, consolidated from six locations to one. But I don't, I'll see if I can find his information. I'll like DM that back over to you. Oh, that's interesting. That's super interesting. I'd love that. Man, this was fascinating. Like what a journey. I'm really glad we had you back on. Like this was fun. Okay. So you sold the business you originally talked to us about like two years ago, three years ago at this point. You launched another one. You gave it to your mom. That's just like a baller, a baller move. And then since then, you've helped 1,500 other entrepreneurs succeed. That's sweet, man. Like you've made a dent. Man, shout out to Twitter. Shout out to Twitter, man. I started tweeting off uh, boring business ideas is what the tweet that launched my account. So it's funny how things play out. I didn't expect to be a cleaning coach or remote house cleaning consultant <laughs> guy, but I mean, hey, it worked out. We got some big plans, man. And I appreciate you having me on again. That's an awesome update. And I was surprised you guys honestly invited me back on just given that I'm not technically in the home. I'm kind of in the home services, kind of not, you know? Yeah, I think one, supporting it is interesting. Two, like you did too. And I think that's fascinating. So like if you're a listener, we're trying to talk to people that have been home service adjacent or service adjacent. And I'm especially fascinated right now with someone who's exited and like what they do next inside. So like this was fascinating. Uh, Mike Botkin, we're going to have him back on. He rolled up a bunch of landscaping companies. He's like still figuring out what he's doing next. But like, I think it's just fun to be able to like, you take this snapshot of someone's life. Like, so I'm going to take a snapshot of your life from two or three years ago. Like, listen to that hour that we spent together and then contrast that to like who I just sat across the monitor from. So I think that's like fun to watch people grow. And Mike's the same one. And Brian Solentrop, we have to have him back on. I don't think he still has the cleaning business, but he like totally ran good staffing. One. He would be good. He'd be a good one, dude. Me, Liam, and Bryant, who you mentioned before, who you had yeah. all three of us on, we're all still yeah. in a group chat. We all still talk almost every day. The podcast has been going for long enough that I'm starting to revisit. And I'm like, man, what are they up to? Like, what are they doing? How did they end up doing this thing? So it's been fun. I'm genuinely glad that we got to connect again. This was really cool. And you're up to some cool stuff. Yeah, likewise, man. I guess we'll see what happens. I'll see you in two years, maybe. <laughs> yeah, man. We'll have you back in two years. Uh, if people want to connect with you, where can they find you? Yeah. Squeegee God on Twitter and then every other platform, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. It's just Johnny and Sergio. Johnny and Sergio. That's it. Yeah, that's cool. I got to talk to Sergio at some point. Sounds like a baller. Yeah, I know, dude. We work so well together, man. It's like two polar opposites, but it, it works. So if you want to have yeah. a lunch, let me know. That's great. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. Check out at Squeegee God. And for fun, everyone should re-listen to the original episode that we had Johnny on. You know, now we've got a three-year difference of like, here we are now. We're checking back in. So I'm, I'm glad you came back on. Yeah, thanks again for having me, man. Much appreciated. Thanks for tuning in to Owned and Operated, the podcast for home service entrepreneurs. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit the like button and subscribe to the podcast. If you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover, feel free to reach out. You can find me on Twitter at at Wilson Companies. I'll see you next time.